Hello and welcome to From the Rooftops, a podcast about superheroes. But this time today, well, we've got Clay. Yeah, and and I just get so sick of watching these guys get away, you know? It's just, what kind of hero are you if you just let your heroes escape and you let your enemies go off and do what they're going to do? You need a permanent hard solution, and I'm here to give it to you. Permanent hard solution is also the name Clay dances under. <laughs> so, rounding out the City of Heroes alignment chart, we've talked about uh, uh, the rogue, we've talked about the villain, and today we'd like to talk about the vigilante, the special category of almost annoyingly, aggressively not a hero heroes who broadly speaking are defined by being willing to shoot people in the face pretty much and <laughs> it's gonna get weird nowadays but um <laughs> yeah, i mean it's supposedly school teachers should be these guys right uh no 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 no, no, no. Yeah. that's what you want in your high school the punisher <laughs> right talent yeah what could possibly be wrong about that I, well but, Nothing, right? Yeah, of course. That's what I thought. Mm-hmm. I the the problem here is I'm from the country that comes up as the example of we banned all the guns. Now we don't have mass shootings. Uh, yeah, <laughs> yeah. It's a fucking. It, I don't know why I'm talking about this. Like, oh, this is a weird time because this shit happens constantly. So it's always a weird time. So so fuck it, right? That's the depressing thing. <laughs> yeah, we're always and, and fucked. of course there's the. <laughs> Five days and of course, the there's the connected one. argument you see about well, we, just because it worked in Australia doesn't mean it would work here, which which I almost always see attached to the argument that Australia is ethnically less diverse, which is just blatantly saying no, we want guns to shoot black people. But I've heard certain arguments that go there. It's smaller and had less guns in general and less types, like less ARs yeah. and shit. And yeah, that's valid. That just means you put more money into the the real the real problem they're presenting is that would the American people ever pass such a jurisdiction, you know, such a law based on the culture and the stuff? And it's like mm, that's the real question. Like the solution yeah. is obvious. How to get to solution is difficult. But we are yeah, and, going and places. <laughs> yeah, we're going we're going way off track on that one. My my point on this is just that America as a country is not a place which has a working infrastructure no. for any kind of large project like that at all. Yeah. So we 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 were in a situation where we could say to everyone in the country, come drop off a gun and we'll buy it off you. Whereas I don't think America's in a position where even with all the money that the government has and even with all the, the power that the various superstructures have, you couldn't do that. You couldn't organize a America couldn't organize a nationwide bake sale. Yeah, and there's a whole fucking culture around like how we yeah. deal with violence, which really ties into like these stories because Exactly. Like we did, but this there's this weird like dichotomy of like extreme pacifism versus like crazy gun nut dude. And there ideally the superhero narrative should be like the somewhere reasonably in the middle because they will beat your ass, but they'll apply mm-hmm. the necessary amount of force. And there are Yeah, and and part of the fantasy of the superhero is the idea that certain types of force are clean. Batman punches a goon, the goon goes down. That's it. That's now, 
that's not actually what happens when you knock someone unconscious with a punch. Heck, if you knock someone unconscious with one punch and they're down for longer than five seconds, they are probably in the real world in a lot of medical trouble. Yeah. But even still, like, like again, like the reality situation, sometimes you have to enact violence on somebody for important reasons. And like a bottle of culture doesn't know how to make peace with that. So they either go to one extreme of avoiding it and like, you know, fetishize. It's really just fetishizing violence on both ends. One of it is just like, oh, it's so taboo and scary and bad. And the other one is like, oh, it's the best thing ever. I need to, you know, immerse myself in it in like a meaningless way almost. You know, just violence for violence's sake as if it's a virtue unto itself. And and the and the solution and it is like an inherent solution to problems. The idea that violence never propagates or never exacerbates problems. Yeah. I wouldn't say it's not a solution, but it's not always the solution. It's sometimes mm. again, it's it, it's if you have a like an actual intelligent relationship with violence, where you can say, "I know this is going to take violence. This isn't. This is going to take X amount of or X type of you know." You know, that yeah. level of nuance where everything isn't pulling a trigger or, you know. And tied tied further into that is that there is a strong uh, cultural mytheme about the the uh, expectations of violence in, in America, especially because, you know, let's face it, that's the country we're talking about all the time here. But in America, there are some very Protestant views on what we ultimately consider sin with this idea that, you know, if you if you do the violence, that is a sin. So just be prepared for there to be bad consequences for it. And the story usually looks at those bad consequences and says, "I accept those." So you get these stories like Walk Tall and yeah, like The Punisher and Death Wish, where the idea is that this character, who is in some ways many, in sometimes very fundamentally broken, is still seen as taking on acceptable like moral failing because hey the violence needed doing and that's the trick too right and a lot of the main superhero stories these guys are presented as adversaries or villains or like problems and like within the greater superhero context i think that's where the most interesting where they're presented as something to point up against yep. the hero so we are talking about your punishers we are talking about your uh red hood um, huntress wild dog uh, Archie Andrews. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Riverdale has gone places, man. <laughs> I hear. I fucking hear. <laughs> but, like, yeah, there's a bunch of, like, Venom does this sometimes, which is even weirder because, yeah. like, Venom sometimes eats people. And Yeah, and, and I think we, I made we, the point last time. We, eating people... We are from the root talks. Do not judge you on your war fetish, listener. Yeah, but yeah, and indeed, if it's a fetish, I'm way less judgmental of it. <laughs> like, it's okay as long as it's a sex thing. Well, yeah, if it's a sex thing, that's that, that makes that makes some sense to me. If it's like you know, I I actually eat people, and I'm trying to act like I'm a tormented, morally complicated character. Like, no, no, you eat people. That's not morally complicated. I think. I think as far as the great moral philosophers go, we've actually got that one pretty much on lock. Are we sure? Are we sure? Are we sure? Because Richard Dawkins said just the other day. <laughs> Richard Dawkins is a prat. <laughs> but people listen to him, and he seems to be pro-cannibalism. 
He seems to be interested in cannibalism. I don't know, man. Which is itself somehow worse. If you if you're at the level where you're putting it out there in public, I think you're more than interested. Like, yeah, yeah. It it it's that infamous, you know, as a joke kind of phrasing for everything. The the nature of the vigilante as a character is usually someone who recognizes the existing moral framework of the story and acts outside it with a still uh with, with, with the same intention and the same direction as the hero so uh venom venom as a vigilante is actually a really weird one because venom very much went from being the villainiest villain of spider-man set for a while there who kind of represented everything spider-man wanted but could never have uh to now he's kind of like cancer curing angry dad he's i think he's back to normal venom at this point like they had a big thing that I didn't try to avoid because unless it's extremely tugging at my heartstrings, I don't do with events. Fuck you, damnation. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, for a while that the Venom suit was on uh, Flash Thompson, and he was like a soldier, and he did you know black ops missions. So like, like are we? Oh, where we? Oh, yeah. oh, well, let's make Venom a cop. Yeah. Well, you know the the, the trick is you know Flash Thompson lost his legs in the war, whatever you know that war yeah. that we had. That we're always having. The war. Right. The war. Right. And so they're like, here, put this thing on. It'll give you legs and make you a superhero. But, you know, shoot people for us. So you've, you'll see, like, the images of, like, Agent Venom in, like, the Kevlar vest with the guns and stuff. Like, the, That's so extra. Like, the, the Kevlar vest <laughs> made of symbiote. So it's like... <laughs> That's... And then, That's some Shadow the Hedgehog nonsense then, right there. And then they made him like a space character, which, you know, Venom, yeah. But it's like Venom Space Knight. And that's odd. You know, he had to deal with the Whoa. whole thing. Like, it would yeah. it would turn into the Venom. It would turn into the monster again and take him over and make him, mm-hmm. you know, try to eat people. Oh, no. A CIA agent killing people randomly. We definitely don't have any kind of problems with that actually happening. <laughs> anyway. Yeah, God, that this is getting dark. Yeah, um, well, yeah no shit. Where, where we at? Where we at? <laughs> we started with the Punisher, yeah. <laughs> but no. Um, that, that Again, that whole dynamic is supposed to be one of like opposition to the hero because we're supposed to assume. Yeah. Like, even Wolverine like is in that place. And... Mm-hmm. I mean, part of the idea is that does, like, okay, the thing I always come back to is, like, how much does killing people in a superhero narrative actually work, right? Because, like, people don't stay dead. So, like, all you really did is, like, cross a moral point because 50-50 mm-hmm. chance the guy will be back. So all you really did was shoot a guy. Like, Well, it's even, it's even worse than that because characters who matter don't die. Oh, yeah. Like, you know, if, if if you killed the Red Skull, who is a super Nazi, that wouldn't stick. If you killed, you know, a little old lady on the way home doing her shopping, that does. That's hecked up. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> like, think about- Nazis get eternal life. Yeah, think about how, um, like, how long has the Punisher and the Kingpin been in conflict, right? Oh, uh. Long ago, the Punisher and the Con- the Punisher and the Kingpin were in conflict. Earth, fire, water—only Daredevil was able to make these stories not boring. But then, when the stories needed him the most, he was gone. But no, like it's oh no, you know, like the 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 like the sort of 
tone around the Punisher would have you think like, oh no, it's the Punisher. He's going to kill us for real. Like, that's a real bad problem. It's like, nah, bro. Like, I get it. He might kill you. Not if you matter. Yeah. (laughs) Not if you have lines, motherfucker. Yeah, he, he he might he might kill Jimmy No Fingers, the character who literally just appeared in this story, to say, "Oh no, it's the Punisher." But <laughs> right, like you're not gonna fucking like, it, and that's the whole thing, right? Like, oh, good job, Frank, you killed a bunch of nobodies. And, you know, like congratulations. But also, uh, even if like even if you don't fail to quote kill the the, the kingpin, like he will come back. Yep. And this is an established narrative. This is why the whole deal of you know, why doesn't Batman kill the Joker is bullshit to me. Because, like, hey, a lot of people are making this argument based on, like, movies or TV. Where, yeah. like, in movies, he yep. shows up once, you know, may or may not have some history. In, like, in modern DC television movies, whatever, fuck that. But, like, in the, like, the Nolan movies and the, um, uh, oh god, I, uh, the, what's the name of the, the fucking guy who cast Johnny Depp and everything? I, I'm blanking. The Burton movies and the Nolan movies, Joker shows up once, does some shit, and is caught. So, there's yeah. no argument, why don't you kill the Joker? Why? I have him tied up right there. Fuck off. It's like, this argument... Yeah, he's done... He, he's basically... The Joker in the Nolanverse basically had, from a criminal perspective, one really successful week. Yeah. And... And mostly based on no one knowing what he was doing. Mm-hmm. And in most television and movies... And being a wizard. Yeah, and most... TV, they're mostly just a nuisance, right? Like, he gets out, yeah. he causes some trouble, but because it's a kid's show, no one dies. The, this argument mm-hmm. only applies in comics, but when you apply that context, there's a lot of other shit that makes it a bad argument. One, Batman has saw the Joker die numerous times, and after, like, the third time, he was like, he's not dead. He's gonna be back. I We all accept this. We know this. So, fuck, I'm just gonna go look. Yeah. Uh, two. Uh, Bat- hmm? Batman lived through Darkest Night. <laughs> Batman actually knows that killing someone is even more dangerous. Right. Because, like, if the Joker's, quote, dead, and he comes back, he'll be back for weeks before you know what's up. The Joker breaks out of Arkham, you know, Gordon calls you upset, he's out again, he's like, alright, well, he'll probably be here, 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 and here. You five, go look the places, we'll, you know, like, yeah. that's minimizing. He's handleable. Mm-hmm. And- yeah. The, the, the fundamental nature of the Joker is a crook. It's this particular variety of fanboy, and it is almost always boys, views on the Joker as like this force of chaos, or this fundamental evil in the universe. It's like, nah, he, he's a goofy clown criminal. That's, that's what he does. The vast majority of the Joker's life has been mostly being pretty harmless, and then someone wrote, um, not even the killing joke. It, it was. It's like really didn't ramp up until something like Arkham City, a serious city, a, a serious place in a serious world. Which you know, sorry, Arkham Asylum. Mm-hmm. That 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 right there is like probably the point where people started to get this idea in their head of like, oh no, the Joker. It it kind of does a retro causality thing mm-hmm. where once the Joker is represented once as being basically a slasher smiling clown, uh, uh, serial killer. It because because he's not. That's that's Mr. Zaz. <laughs> <laughs> like, Batman has that. It do- we, we don't need the Joker to do that job. It's, yeah, that's the whole thing, right? Of, you know, Batman will say the reason he doesn't kill his villains because, not because, you know, it, it would be morally wrong or because it would be, like, their whole reason is, his argument is always, it will make me 
do things that maybe cross the line that'll turn me into someone I don't want to be. Because yep. And his argument is never one of his his reason to want to kill the Joker when he finds himself in that place never has anything to do with like efficiency. It's always I hate this person so much that I've like I want to see him suffer. It has nothing to do. He's never sitting there going, "This is the most effective deal, way to deal with the Joker." He's like, "No, I'm just fucking crazy and angry because that's the only like in that con- in a superhero context in an established superhero universe like that's been going for a while. That's the only real reason to do it to for self satisfaction, which is part of why when mm. the vigilante is in the story with other heroes, they're usually painted as villainous because at the end of the day they're just doing that shit for their own sake you know yeah yeah the the idea that the punisher uh presents the notion that pe- people talking about the punishers is like that's what we need that's what that's what stories need someone who'll just kill the very bad people it's like he's not he's not doing this out of like actual moral superiority he's doing it because he's very angry and wants to kill people and he's trying to find the people he can justify killing the best mm-hmm and of course, when you have that Batman versus Joker dichotomy, you do have the story kind of like by definition, stories that go there with Batman and the Joker are the ones that draw parallels between both of them being mentally unwell. Yeah. And and at that point, when you're asking why doesn't uh, our hero, as he is drawn into a direct comparison of being mentally unwell, lash out and act in a way that is violent and harmful, like. <clears throat> Once you phrase the question like that, do you really need it explained why they don't do that? Like, why it's a good story to not do that? Yeah. I mean, you can look It's You look at that and you look at, like, Red Hood, where his whole deal was, I thought you cared about enough about me that this happening would fuck you up. Like, that's basically his whole point. It's like, oh, wow, I got horribly murdered and you didn't, like, go crazy? <laughs> I guess I didn't matter that much, yeah. did I? Right? Which shows you a lot of how Jason thinks of the world, and also how stable Jason thinks Batman is to start with. Yeah. But, like... Uh, you didn't go weird. That's, I dressed like a bat. <laughs> I mean, that's more of an argument than saying, you know, that, you know, it's, he's ineffective or yada yada. Because at least you're you're making the argument that this, the, the narrative is actually making. You're saying, you know... You know, I thought I mattered. You know, like, you're saying, you're you're accepting that the whole kill or not kill the villain thing is a purely emotional, like, decision. And then you're saying, well, why didn't you have those emotions? As opposed to, you know... Yeah. Attempting the... Why were you able to keep it together? Right. When the whole point of the Robin is, I'm the thing that helps helps you keep it together. I mean, that's even a stronger point. Like, oh, you lost me. I'm supposed to be the thing. that you know, so then maybe I was ineffective? (laughs) Maybe I... If, yeah, that, don't get me wrong. I can imagine that, that. That's always one of the weird things about the 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 Jason Todd. He doesn't seem to hate Tim Drake enough. Like he clearly has, you know, he clearly doesn't like him. But Tim Drake basically was like, "I'm going to be the pluckiest of Robin friend boys," and you know, we we he, he's got the older brother who is the sexy brooding one, Nightwing, and then he's got Jason Todd, the very angry older brother, and. For some reason, I've never seen Jason just, like, really sick and tired of Tim being nice and friendly. <laughs> it just seems the sort of thing that should happen. I, I'm i sure there's some good material out there. <laughs> yep. That's the other thing with, like, enough comics, everything's happened. Yeah, <laughs> you know, we can't come up with completely unique ideas. Yeah. The uh, so, so the Vigilante mm. also tends to be expressed as a character whose special ability is has gun. I don't know. Huntress has a crossbow. That's hot. 
Yep, yep. But it's still basically a gun. It's still a lethal device that you point at someone. And I think the I think the reason behind this is because typically speaking, from the vigilante's perspective, killing needs to be easy. Yeah. Well, I'd also put it on that like the vast majority of our heroes don't use guns because they they're like sort of gimmick based and. It's an easy yeah. way to distinguish a character who's, like, uh, uh, injecting not necessarily realism, but, like, the illusion of realism into a story, right? Like, yeah, it's the whole thing of you have these two guys just, like, slugging it out, and then here comes this third guy, and he just points a gun at somebody that's like, oh, well, yeah, no, that actually is how that would happen. Like, we wouldn't have these extended fist fights. Somebody would get fucking shot. Yeah. That's why you don't get in fist fights in America, because you might get shot. Not because you might get your ass beat. Like, <laughs> yeah. Well, that, that that's that's indeed one of the things about this whole Australian culture, American culture distance. There's this line from a song, I, I uh, well, a poem technically, that I really love, which says, Out back the bottle shop you see the roughest justice done. It's assault and battery, but with a sense of fun. And that's the thing, you know, in Australia we do have the expectation that if you talk some shit at the pub... You're gonna get laid out, and your hospital care will be paid for. Um, right? But <laughs> that's not how it is here. That's the thing. No, no. There's a, always that level of escalation, and the vigilante often works well when they're an out of context surprise. So they work well when when you can't assume they're going to be there as part of the story. Mm. That's because uh, that because that right there. That's the real question for uh, for Batman, which is why hasn't Jason killed the Joker? And the answer is because Batman doesn't want him to. He's still Daddy's boy, but you know, <laughs> right? There, there was a crossover between Batman and the Punisher where, like, he points a gun, like, you know, Joker's doing Joker shit, and then like the Punisher points a gun at him, and I'm like, well, fuck you! Like the Joker has had, like, the Joker gets afraid as if he has never had a gun pointed at him before. Yeah, that's so stupid. As if being afraid to die is part of Joker's entire personality, right? And that's, that's, there were two crossovers at that point. And one of them was written by DC and one of them was written by Marvel. And I feel like that was the one written by Marvel that's like, oh yeah. Yeah. You never like, like, fuck, fuck out of here. <laughs> well, I mean, on that connected front, uh, the, the vigilante and the relationship to the gun tends to come from people who themselves have had very little interaction or intersection with uh, lethal violence. <laughs> These people who think, oh, you know, we need to give drug dealers the death penalty. It's like, they already get that. They, the drug dealers are already operating under the assumption that they could probably get shot. That's, that's the job. And for the most part, they're operating under the assumption that someone doing their job could get shot, but not them. Right. So, so the, the incentive system, like being scared of a gun, it just doesn't work. It's not there for them. And that's the thing with the Joker. Like, the Joker... The Joker is defined by being one of the most off-the-wall characters you can get. Like, the... You know, the number of times he set up death traps where he would die if Batman doesn't stop him. Like, that's that's a gag. That's a thing he does on the reg yeah. just to mess with Batman. I know, man. Like, but if, but if Tough Guy shows up and points a gun in his face, you know, that's scary. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, okay, basically, if it shows up in an Arkham game, it is not new, right? The Arkham games are like a really good condensed kind of Batman concentrate. And so in one of the Arkham games, the Joker sets up an electric chair that will kill him if Batman doesn't kill Bane. Mm -hmm. And, you know, that 
that right there. You saw it in an Arkham game. It's not new. They have thought about this. So there are some villains and some problems that the vigilante can't solve, and the story will sometimes pretend they can, and that's always embarrassing. I do find it... Like how in the... I do kind of personally find it entertaining when that that side thing happens every once in a while. Just the whole thing of yeah, the yeah. villain talking Just a shit, little. You know, and then like, bam, I shot him. What? We have shit to do. I just shot this guy. <laughs> Can we? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, espe- I especially like it when it's being used in a story like a larger crossover or something like that, where you do have like limited resources. Like, sorry, we, we don't have time here to spend on Condiment King. We, we've got dark side problems. So, yeah, Huntress is going to shoot the Condiment King in the face because he's, he's a ridiculous goon. But that's not how you should always be solving your problems, Huntress. No, no. Well, that's how she's going to do. And that's the other thing. Yeah. The, these characters are a lot of time presented as like a corrupting influence in the like existing narrative, right? You know, Huntress... That, that's why they're often hot. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm not saying Frank's hot. I don't know, man. Lots of people do. It's an interesting world out yeah. there. Yeah. Weirdos. Depends on how you draw, you know? But... Man looks like a smashed frog. <laughs> That's rough. <laughs> <laughs> you had to go there, man? <laughs> I, I regret nothing. Uh, yeah, anyway. clearly. But no, like, that whole dynamic, right, of just uh, how they do it, how they go, you know, we're going to cut through all the bullshit because there's a lot of bullshit and that's fine uh-huh. you know and i enjoy the bullshit a lot but every once in a while you want to be done with the bullshit you want to shut it down and move on for any number of reasons so just having that guy come in and say yeah no that's 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 a good like comedy moment when it happens but they do you make a whole character out of that apparently yes but maybe not like lives in a van <laughs> I mean, there's also that whole thing of, like, tragedy. Like, you have the character, like, the vigilante, like, the Adrian Chase version, not the cowboy version, who, you know, he's always the one who kills people, and his stories are always, like, really short and angry and mean, you know, as much as I see. Mm-hmm. Like, they, you know, he had his own series for a while there, and that, it it went okay, I guess. I don't know, I haven't read it yet, and I probably won't, yeah. but... It, it, it's generally in the genre of check out this thing that sucks. <laughs> I don't know. I mean, he got a good couple. No, of no, 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 not, not saying that the character sucks or, or the story sucks. I have no it's like idea. the stories themselves present the scenario of, hey, here's a thing that sucks. Oh yeah, oh yeah, for I, sure. Like I found a kitten, and now I've had to kill the kitten because it's running drugs. <laughs> That's the whole thing, right? Like the Werner Herzog stuff. <laughs> I mean, I actually do enjoy some of these characters when they're being a problem, but. <laughs> it's it, they're fun when they're in their trouble it's weird when we have to sit with them for long periods of times because it, it more than anything it tells us a lot about the writer again like what do you consider mm. bad and what do you consider good like exposes something about you but at the same time like the quote unquote realness of them is you know up for debate but they are doing dealing with things that would be happening in that universe and it's just weird having the like it's weird having Superman dealing with, like, human trafficking and shit like that. Yeah. Deeply weird. Yeah. Often because that's a, that's a contextual problem. Like, the the idea of why isn't Superman solved human trafficking often kind of neglects that 
back in the 1940s and 50s, Superman kind of did. That's why you have all those goofy Golden Age stories about people just trying to, you know, stop Superman because that was basically the only crime left that was feasible. Yeah. Right. Like, he, one of the first things he did was he, uh, <laughs> he psychologically tortured a, a war profiteer. And they grabbed him. It's like, we're going yep. to war. You like war so much? Let's go. It's like, no, we're, like, no, we're fucking going. And he just took him there. Yep. And he just like dragged yep. him around. This is the war. <laughs> this is this thing you're getting rich of. Look at it. Yeah. On a, on a related front as well, early Superman also uh, tortured a, uh, a slumlord by burning money. Like, again, what you do shows me who you are. <laughs> But that's weird, too, where, like, these older stories would, like, deal with these angry tone narratives in a really, like, happy way, you know? Yeah. It's like, yeah, I threw him away. <laughs> like, yeah, you threw him away. Into the sun. Yeah. And like, yeah, we had a good time, didn't we? All right. Versus. Well, I mean, even. And then you look at, like, really, really old, like, 1920s adventure comics and. Some of the stuff they did to solve problems there were bananas. Like, you know, I will shrink you down into a tiny head to to pay you back for your crime of trying to steal someone else's head. Like, what? What did I tune into here? I mean, like, your boy the Spectre, he fucking... Yeah. ...does shit to me. Like, he melts niggas and, like, just turns them into living skeletons. Well... All kinds of that shit. I, I would like to argue that the Spectre has an excuse because he's just cribbing off the Bible. <laughs> well, what does that say? What does that say? I mean... Well, it says a lot of things. It says an evil and iniquitous generation seek a sign, Clay. <laughs> no, but, like, you compare that to, like, when the Punisher got Jesus guns. And... <laughs> <laughs> Time again. Time and time again will happen. I will forget that ever happened, and then you'll remind me, and we do this all over again. <laughs> like, but that, that's the thing, right? Uh, again, like the weird like relationship of like American culture and guns and Christianity and various churches worship bullet crowns and shit. Like, <laughs> yep, yep. I'm glad we have that now. So when people point to that dumb thing that happened, I can be like, oh yeah. Is it crazy? Is it crazy? Well, look at this shit! <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's always... It, it's it's nice when someone goes out of their way to document uh, one of the things... You know, do- document their own cartoonish villainy. Right. But even just like, oh, it's so weird that the Punisher got the Jesus guns. I'm like, I don't know. Seems pretty in character to me. <laughs> hmm. It seems about but right. Yeah, so, so... So what does the so let let we we talk from time to time about the idea of what a story lets you what a character or a story lets you do, what does in your opinion what does a vigilante let a existing superhero story do? It it lets them fight against someone who's like strictly villainous. You know, it lets them fight against someone who's supposedly on their own side, and they can have more like meaningful like ideological debates. And also like when a villain comes up to you. And they give you these speeches about how, you know, we're not so different, you and I, and yada, yada, yada. You'd be like, yeah, but you sell slaves. Fuck you. Versus, oh, yeah. I'm the bad guy because I beat them twice as hard as you do? Like, fuck off, right? That's the whole thing. And, oh, God. The weirdest one is um uh, the TV Arrow and Huntress. Because, like, nigga, you kill people. <laughs> like, like, he kills people, and she also kills people. But she kills people, like... 
I'm not even sure. That's the, it felt like a waste of Huntress, where it's like he doesn't have a moral grounding to stand on, and so and you can see that a bit. They did that recently in Arrow of the ones who were going to like fuck up greater plans. It's the same thing as say a cop busting some small level thug or like a, a superhero busting some small level thug and the cops just come out of the woodwork like this was a sting operation we had a whole thing you fucked it up congratulations you stopped the purse snapper you know a purse snatcher now a hundred people are going to die that kind of narrative because like a lot of vigilantes are very single-minded and they're like no i'm going to kill him regardless and it's like but no you can't kill him he's part of something else you can wait a couple hours and then mm. maybe you can kill him you know yeah. Now this is also um, this this also has one of the one of the things that the vigilante story lets you do is it lets you show that your hero will defend evil people, mm. which is itself an interesting question. Um, in in Green Arrow, uh, when Huntress first showed up, Ollie's stance was not "I need to stop her because um, because she'll kill people and I protect the people of my city," which is a position that Batman has taken, um, but Ollie's stance was, I need to stop her killing people because I am, in a way, morally culpable for the way she has turned out. Mm-hmm. And so there's a lot of different ways you can you can basically uh, position your, your uh, hero vigilante interaction. There's also the whole thing of, like, you go to, like, Huntress, you know, killing the mob... Right? And like, we can say, oh, she'll destabilize, like, the crime environment, and that'll cause more harm. But also, like, Batman, do you have any leg to stand on telling her she can't kill her own father? Like, that's a, that's her problem. Like, <laughs> Well, Batman feels like he killed his own father. <laughs> but, like... <laughs> that's, that's part of where his issues come from. Yeah, but just, like, when, when it's very personal and, like, revenge-based... Oh yeah! Like, wh- wh- who do you think you are? Like, you can't fucking like. That's the other thing too. Like, they're always treated as like crazy people in this entire narrative, where no one can be like, yeah. hey, 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 I'll let you kill the guy, but give me an hour. Like, <laughs> yeah. One one of the things that's really interesting about this as well, to go back to that Protestantism, is the vigilante gets framed as being selfish, whereas the the you know you can do it, but you shouldn't do it for revenge. Like, well what's the difference right like that's the whole idea of like the oh no i can't find it personally satisfying that this very bad person has died right the idea that and you you know the reason why you do things is important and it is to a certain extent but also like the actual impact of what you do is also important so you know if you can't give us a good framing device why the like the the vigilante killing so and so will have a bad, real practical effect, you know? Again, it'll throw the crime environment out of yeah. order. It'll ruin this big case that could, you know, put a bunch of other worse problems away. If all you can say is, yeah. well, you know, you're doing it wrong. Mm, I don't know if I... F- yeah, and we know for a fact that Batman, for example, uh, is do- is doing what he does out of a sense of revenge. Mm. That That's one of the explicit parallels that is drawn in that he almost went and shot Joe Chill. That was that was a thing that that the movies did that they borrowed from the comics. Mm. He was presented with the opportunity to put a face and an identity to the person who killed his parents, and he wanted to kill him. <laughs> and then he chooses not to, and instead chooses to use the power he has to go and hurt a lot of other people in the hopes of you know 
either work you can you can frame it a lot of different ways like you know working out his actual issues or whatnot but um in the end it it has that same it does have a self element to it and then the question becomes of why is your abstractly wanting to avenge your father um somehow morally superior to actively wanting to prevent harm that would be caused by my father Right. And these are not easy questions, and the the Superman narrative, generally speaking, doesn't pretend it is. Uh-huh. Sorry, Superman, the Batman narrative. Yeah, well, I mean, superhero narratives in general, and like again, that's part of the whole thing. A lot of times, these characters are like uh, an intersection of quote realness into their world, and it's supposed to bring up questions that they wouldn't normally ask and dynamics. But you never have... What if a wizard with a bomb wanted to let a little boy say the N-word? Oh, good, you know what I'm talking about, thank God. Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Let's take bets. Who is actually writing that story right now? Who do you think? (laughs) Kiryu Shida. (laughs) (laughs) Because we mentioned it. You know someone has that in their head. You know one of these motherfuckers thinks they're like the smartest thing ever. <laughs> well, yeah, there, there is a there is a certain type of um, comic book story writer who thinks that the greatest thing they can do is break open their Phil 101 textbook and try and make a plot out of one of the examples. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Ooh, it's the trolley problem. Oh, my goodness. I mean, how many of them, you know, like wh- how many of these vigilante stories like boil down to that, right? Gotta kill somebody. Yeah, yeah, like- it really is the trolley problem. Like, yeah, it does like take some of the interest out of it, and we're like, "Oh wow, this isn't actually just kind of basic and dumb." But <laughs> yeah, and indeed, part of the point of of the of the trolley problem is, by definition, you've got a moving thing, and time is limited. Mm-hmm. So the question, so so the whole question gets to be framed in terms of you have a very urgent need to answer this question whereas comic book writing doesn't tend to work that way yeah again like comic books thrives on comic books thrive on the timer and finding a third way yeah so it, again this is there's you have that and you have weird like supernatural settings where you have like increasingly complicated like bullshit reasons for things right you know well we can't kill this person mm. because they're a bomb and yada 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 and again or, or this person's soul is connected to the juggernaut or something like that. And, you know, I actually really like that kind of stuff. I, I like the, uh, we had to work out the rules kind of problem solutions. Mm-hmm. I find them very fun. But even, but, uh, when you, in, you, in, you know, insert your vigilante character into that and they're so completely unreasonable, uh, you can't say, you, you cannot kill this person because they will literally explode and kill thousands of people. And like, well, I don't care. He killed my tri-. Like, no, dude. Come the fuck on. <laughs> like, I don't care how yeah, crazy... You, you should care. I don't care how... You should care. That's a lot of people. The, the, like, even though the writers putting that situation... Like, come the fuck on. I don't care how unreasonable you are. If if we both know that this is a thing... It, like, And there's, yeah, yeah, there's yeah. angles for that where the, like, the person who wants to kill them has to agonize and come up, like, constantly control themselves instead of just, you know superhero narrative come into conflict and have a big fight instead they're like this you know the, the, the whole thing of like i'm gonna drag you around until i find a way to get that bomb out of you so i can kill you you know 
Yeah, and that's and that honestly tends to be kind of cool. That tends to lead to stories that are about finding the humanity of the person you hate, mm-hmm. and in some cases, rejecting it anyway, which is also cool. Yeah. The ability to just make that moral judgment of, ah, well, we're not so different, except I don't eat people. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's like it's, it's like it's like the Monster Hunter where the X Men are like, oh no, we have we made a promise and blah blah. Like, I'm gonna fucking kill Dracula. Yeah, but you can't do that. Yes, the fuck. I can. <laughs> we love you, Eric. <laughs> just no, like that single-minded focus on your purpose. Blade, how do you justify killing Dracula? He eats people. <laughs> That's the thing. If it's like, he... we don't have this discussion about you know monsters and supernatural things, a lot of people might not even put those characters like some people do and i would but they wouldn't put them in the same space no one's given you know elsa bloodstone shit when she shows up and like shoots the hell out of a monster but like that monster probably had kids you know yeah oh god it has kids we've got to kill them too (laughs) (laughs) all the babies i ate all the smart kids if if roland emmerich's godzilla taught me anything you've got to get the eggs oh god oh god why 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 would you? I thought we were friends. <laughs> uh, so, so the thing that the vigilante does is it opens up stories where you get to show the moral character of your hero in a different context, but it also gets to be used to close stories off mm. because we all know that there are these times when a villain will leave cackling, going, I'll be back and more tedious than ever. And then the second they're out of sight, the Punisher shoots them in the head. <laughs> Like, you know, that's, for me, that is great comedy. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's also, like, the best use of a Punisher. You know, it's like... Like, character-wise. It's, you know, you know, obnoxious, like, Watchmen references to size. It's like that guy where, like, he pretended to be a villain, and he would, you know, get aroused by us beating him. And then he did that to Rorschach. Yeah. <laughs> and Rorschach just killed him. Yeah. That's fantastic. It works. Yeah. It's again, and, like, and therein lies. Hmm? Well, there, therein lies part of the utility of the vigilante. The character is there to close off story plots that you want to signal to the reader. Like, no, I'm not. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> I, I, I uh, like in character, this villain would not give up. So I've got to find some trash can to stuff them in. Yeah. And just having them like get randomly shanked by a purse snatcher would suck. And so instead, we have, um, you know. Punisher Claus, <laughs> who's come along and given the story a present. Yes, yes. And like, then you have, it's weird seeing, like, every X-Men team that has a Wolverine and, like, tries to, like, like live in that same space of, like, oh, we don't kill people. Like, oh, don't you? Oh, fucking don't you? <laughs> G-rated Claws or something? Right. It's the whole deal. Like, um, who's a good one? Like, I like Kane. From like in the Spider-Man family, especially modern context, because you know his old story is just, he's a former serial killer. So it's like, mm, that's are we just gonna let this guy be? Like, no, he left. He fucked yeah. off. <laughs> 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 he went to fucking Houston, but then he also like shows up in other people's stories. So he shows up in like the current uh, um, Scarlet Spider to give Ben Riley shit, but like Ben Riley deserves shit. He was a villain last year and did some horrible shit. There really is a bit of a problem with too much of uh, of various comic book universes is spent cleaning up after the 1990s. 
But, you know, like... Hell, Ben Riley is explicitly cleaning up after the 1990s. The clothes saga, right? Yeah, yeah. No, man, Kane. They're both clothes. They're both clothes. They're both spider clothes. <sighs> <laughs> but... I, I have views on what makes a good Spider-Man story. They're... they're the, the whole, like... The big, like, the big changing moment, the big heroic moment for Cade was they had this big, like, this was during Spider Island, where they had this big problem. And, you know, Spider-Man's like, oh, well, I can't do it. I'm Spider-Man. I can't kill nobody. And then Kane just literally gets fired through the problem like a cannon with his claws out. It's like, yeah, I'm the one that kills people. You're welcome. That's... <laughs> That's that's actually really awesome. Like, it was a giant monster that at some point I think had been a human. So I think that's why he was all apprehensive about killing it. And Kane was like, I'll kill shit all the time. <laughs> so stab. Yeah, I, I I have a great degree of fondness for the I'm the monster you need character. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I think the problem is when they insist upon how like right they are versus like, yeah, I'm fucked up. Mm. That's who I am. You know? This is my damage. I can carry it. Right. Like, it, it, when you write these set of characters, it's like, oh no, they're, they have the true answer and they're the, it's like, then it just makes it kind of weird and unsettling and evil versus, like, accepting that there's something a bit wrong with what's happening and learning how to move with that and pass that. Right? Yeah, it, it's very, and it's very niche and in that really tedious, I read this summary once off a cliff note. Mm. Like, it's so tired. <laughs> you know, I know the truth of the world. The world is this place where people dominate or are dominated, and there is a slave mentality. Like, don't oh, shut the fuck up. Yeah, yeah. That's all that, That's all that ever really comes down to, right? Is that someone being unnecessarily dark to feel, like, smart and clever. And, like, it's, it's always a little more complicated than that. And the purpose of these characters is supposed to introduce complication. So when you decide to be, like, a simple bastard and think you're very smart, like, you're wasting that space. Like, yeah. I I know he's a dumb character to bring up because it's from Transformers of all things, and that's a story that is not over-endowed with dignity. But there's a character in Generation 1 called Repugnus who shows up almost never, but he has an extensive character bio that the G.I. Joe writers gave him, in which it notes that every time he gets called up for a mission, at the end of the mission... Optimus Prime kicks him out of the Autobots because he did something. <laughs> but every time they need something done, like soup, soup, like um, infiltration or assassination, they're just like, go find the cave Repugnus is living in. We need Repugnus. Yeah. Uh... But that is also... Like... And, and he's okay with that. I mean, a part of that is also like, who does that? Because it's weird that like Optimus does that or like Cyclops has an X-Force or like Superman or Captain America are talking to the Punisher or Vigilante. I, I don't even know. It's weird. Like, do we want Batman? Like, who gets to be the intermediary? Like, when Nick Fury and Amanda Waller... Yeah, yeah. Who calls on the bad guy? Right. Like, and that, I think, taints your sort of good guy villain, heroes more than anything else. Right? Because... Yeah. Like... And uh, this is why Cassie is the worst animorph. <laughs> Well, because she sticks Rachel on things. Yeah, because and her stance is like, oh no, we shouldn't kill people. Rachel, kill people. <laughs> what? <laughs> it's so real, though. 
<laughs> no, no, by the way, not Marco kill people, Rachel kill people. <laughs> You're not clean if you gave the gun to the person and told him to shoot. Yeah, <laughs> I couldn't kill my friend. You, kill my friend. <laughs> you could just... Man, this are, this one's going places, isn't it? I mean, that's where you have like the person in the middle, right? Like, you have someone who can maybe, we can say, yeah... Uh, you know, the, 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 the Paragon hero, he doesn't know that they do that. Or, he's not fully informed, right? He didn't have all that information, so he's just like, what, what happened? Don't worry, I took care of it. Well, you generally, whenever I'm looking at you, seem like an okay guy, so I'll trust that. And then, you know, he walks around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What does, what does taking care of it look like to you? Uh, <laughs> I got some bad news, Cap. <laughs> this is the thing. Um, that's also like the intersections, right? Because, you wonder, because, that kind of works in Cap's space because Cap is a soldier and I can imagine him like ha- being more forgiving. Like, let's think, has Cap killed people? Well, how do we feel? Almost certainly. Well, certainly. All right. Like, and that's a thing that we didn't like deal with before, but we kind of all like, we're not going to get the story of how, you know, Cap personally hand murdered a bunch of German soldiers and also their wives and their kids. No, but we go, he was in a war, probably killed people. So I can see him... Yeah, it, it's really easy to accept the idea that he did, even if we don't know when. And that's that's a really interesting thing, because comic book nerds in general, we have this obsession with knowing, no, no, when and where and how it happened. Mm-hmm. And then there's also the angle of, okay, he associates with Fury, right? And we know... And Fury's a cop. Right. And again, cops, soldiers, military, whatever. But <laughs> Extensions of state power. Mm-hmm. Usually when I say X is a cop, I'm being semi-sarcastic. I mean, you, but you're very like, rarely when I say, wrong. But <laughs> yeah, I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm, I'm saying, yo, that's part of the point. You know, he's the authorities and he, like, Cap, Cap has an association with the military. That means... Hence, by the way, Corvo's a cop. <laughs> <laughs> but like, he deals with Fury. And Fury deals with Frank. Frank. Fury has come to Frank a couple of times and be like, hey, I need this off the books. Go do the thing. Right? Yeah. Cap deals with Black Which, Widow. You know, like, and he, we know she kills people. Yeah. So it's like... Uh, by the way, just hang, hang on, hang on. Just a thing. Frank... I, I The thing about Nick Fury dealing with Frank it, that makes it always a problem for me isn't Nick Fury dealing with Frank. No, no, that makes sense. It's Frank putting up with Nick Fury... Like, oh, a, a shadowy government wet work squad that you don't want to talk about and you want very few people to keep information on. Yeah, that's fine. When have those gone wrong for me? Yeah, yeah. Well, uh, I mean, depending, right? I mean, that's what makes Waller work, because Waller's like, I put a thing in your head, so... Yeah. You <laughs> and this to. is why Waller is the best. So you have Waller, to... Waller, I'm the best of the business at making people act against their self-interest. How? I put bombs in their heads. I mean, it works. <laughs> <laughs> You cannot disagree. Consistent results. <laughs> That's the angle, right? Like, again, like, even like Winter Soldier, right? Like, Cap associates with the Winter Soldier. Because that's his buddy. Yeah. But he yeah, Bucky. kills people. He is... Absolutely. He shows up with a gun. So, you know he's gonna shoot people. Or a bomb sometimes, because that's so much less less bad. Right. But the whole, oh no, what are we gonna do? Like, you, you gotta... Are you... You gotta... Keep associating with him and be, you know, the Paragon hero we're all supposed to look up to. And that says a lot about, like, American culture and how we deal with those sorts of things. Because, fuck. Yeah. <laughs> it's okay to be friends with a serial killer, just don't be a serial killer. <laughs> Apparently. 
Why not? Well, you might lose all your friends, I guess? <laughs> yeah. Well, no. There are plenty of serial killers with alive friends. So. Yeah. Like, <laughs> God, there are plenty of serial killers. <laughs> what a sentence. What a time to be alive. <laughs> it's not even wrong. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, there is a line between being a serial killer and eating people. I think that's just a... I think that's a timeline instead of a line. Like, if you do one enough, eventually you'll end up at the other. Are you implying that, ba- that Are you implying that Dracula status is itself communicable by, like, as a food contamination? No, I just think if you're... <laughs> I, think, I think if you're a serial killer for long enough, and don't stop... Eventually eating people looks normal. I think, yeah, like, <laughs> you reach that point. You're like, well, what else could I do with this? I guess. <laughs> it's a... It's a disposal method. Exactly. Like, once you find yourself in a place where you have nothing else to do with the bodies, might as well eat them. Yeah. And hey, protein goes to waste. Uh. Oh my god, here we are, agreeing with Richard Dawkins. <laughs> oh, man. Like I said, this one's gone places. Um, so... In the end, you can use a vigilante to show things about what your character does and what they don't do. You can use it to close off plot threads. You can use it to expand on plot space where suddenly things that were villains are now available as, like, you know, things that need rescue. And you also get to have this new dimension to a character who you just have to avoid making sound like an utter tosspot. I get that. The whole thing is, when you put them in the space, like a dark... Listen, you put this character in a mostly dark space it gets even weirder right because again you put huntress in like the mm. arrowverse i kill people so i mean i torture people so buddies frenzies <laughs> they, they, they have to they have to like sort of dirty up the space they're in they have to add something because if it's just more of the same but slightly more extreme it comes across as kind of bullshit it's it's the yeah. idea of it's, again where the Punisher first shows up. Well, technically the Punisher first showed up in like a pulp novel, but when we consider him, yeah. his first appearance, an issue of Spider-Man. Like, imagine if his first appearance was an issue of Moon Knight or Wolverine. Would that even be a thing? Like, what would be the character? He wouldn't stand out. He wouldn't stand out. He'd be a very generic opponent in a Wolverine book. Yeah, he'd be just another gun dude. And. Like, okay. And, and and the nature of and the nature of Wolverine as a hero framing that would be I am the gun I, I am the gun immune man with knives. Now let me fight my great nemesis of the week, Gunman. Yeah. It has to be again, Spider Man where A, Spider don't kill people, B, like he's reached that point where he's not excessively dealing with like guns and stuff. So we have this character who shows up in opposition and again, like the whole idea is his view of justice is so extreme that he's willing to go along with like the lies that the daily bugle says and go yeah you know spider-man menace gotta shoot him that's what i do i shoot menaces and that is i got probably a big part of why he pops so well because that level of like opposition and that sort of extreme attitude is more interesting than just dark kill man yeah and Doc Killman, by the way, is the name I danced under. <laughs> okay. It does get hot down there, huh? Anyway, the 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 contrast point is a good one. You you, you do need your vigilante to have a explicit point of contrast, otherwise what's the point? Mm-hmm. Um but yeah. Um so do you have a favorite vigilante? Um again, besides Huntress, who, you know, reasons. 
Um, Steadily getting darker. <laughs> I like Huntress before. Now she's just, that's just yeah, icing but, on top. <laughs> but is that going to hurt? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and this is when I snarkily point out that, of course, they'd include a, a woman of color who gets to who, who's a sex worker who kills people. Like, no. Yeah, I do like Huntress a lot. I do like Kane a lot, just because he's like in, in, you know inserting just such weirdness into a place that's already kind of weird. <laughs> Um, and the spider family is so very squeaky clean otherwise. Like, yeah, ooh, bat, who, who's the bad person in the spider family? Uh, black cat? Yeah, that was- What's she do? She steals shit from rich people? Oh no! Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Heavily insured priceless artifacts! <laughs> rich people's hoard of ores! <laughs> oh no! <laughs> we have to act like this is bad! Right, right! I'm Kane! <laughs> I kill people! <laughs> Yep. Okay. I used yep, to that, do it that, for no that reason. Escalated quickly. <laughs> like, didn't Ben? Doesn't Ben Riley kill people in the when he was a villain to like extract their precious bodily fluids or something so he could continue to live? I don't know. Like, I, there's actually some pathos there. I didn't read Clone Conspiracy, so I don't know what happened with that shit. Because it's an event. You know who's really good with events, and we should totally no, talk to about no, them. No, stop. <laughs> stop. <laughs> I will fight you. I think Corey would fight me on that one. <laughs> isn't isn't Corey's top current pinned tweet the the current Marvel event is Marvel versus my last fucking nerd? <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. As for myself, I kind of got to dance with the guy who brought me. I I love complaining about the Punisher so much. <laughs> complaining about it. <laughs> but the you, Punisher stories are stupid. But do you like them? <laughs> oh no. <laughs> Um, I, I, uh, I guess, I guess if I had to say my favorite vigilante superhero character, it's probably Jason. I, I'm a sucker for the Bat family and he's the angry older brother and, you know, yeah. And and he's, he's the one who stuck out and tries like, I got my own look, dad. I stole it from the guy who killed me. And also he actually, (laughs) and he actually makes, um, like he actually has a cool look as a vigilante. One of the things that really shits me up the wall about vigilante characters in stories is when they they just are normal looking. Yeah. Like even the even the Punisher, like the Punisher TV series, which sucks by the way, uh it it just has Frank as a dude wearing a shirt. Yeah. Like again, so so are you big on like full spandex, white belt and gloves Punisher then? I vastly prefer it. Mm. I vastly prefer it. Even though I I can recognize full well that it's silly, I would rather silly that feels like it actually belongs in a superhero universe rather than um, some loser from a military surplus store saying, huh, you all look like dorks. Eh, I'm of the opinion that, like, your, again, your aesthetic should represent something of you. So, again, Jason having yeah. the sort of tactical look with something kind of different going on. Yeah. That works. Punisher and spandex, I, not so much. I, I also really like that uh, Jason's uh, take on the um, sorry the, the the red hood Jason wears is faceless, mm-hmm. uh, because one of the things about Batman's design that that as it has evolved over time that we're very much kind of consistent on is you get eyes, mm-hmm. you get expressive. Admittedly, in like the Bruce Tim style, you get expressive slitted eyes, but you have always got Batman's eyes, and the red hood doesn't. So it's like that extra level of inscrutable. In that same space, uh, I've 
come to like Wild Dog a lot more. Like, again, just from the show. Because in the comics, he's just kind of, like, narratively, it's not very much there. And, yeah. but, like, the design of, like, almost the Casey Jones aspect of just being a person, you know, yeah. wearing street clothes and using guns and what have you. But I just like the character because he's just, just, <laughs> <laughs> he's such a shit guy. <laughs> <laughs> he fucks up consistently <laughs> in the show. Like he's I, uh, been the source of massive problems, yeah. like four times in two seasons. <laughs> there's a there's a line from a D and D game I ran once because you know we're going we're going deep nerdy here. Which uh, the premise was that there was this like big event kind of moment happening on the border of these two nations, and it was going to be like something for real big important heroes to deal with. Mm. But the players were all playing the border guards who was just there to, like, count grain and stuff. <laughs> and the line was, we're not the brightest, we're not the best, we're just here. <laughs> like, that kind of Casey Jones aesthetic. It's weird. I might be a shit dude, but I'm the shit dude who's gonna beat you. I mean, Casey is this weird place, too, because his original, like, origin is one of these characters, right? Casey shows up as, like, a lesson for Raph to learn how to calm the fuck down. And it's the whole, oh, no, you know. Doesn't work. Right. But, like, I mean, it kind of <laughs> does. Let's, let's give him a little credit. But the whole thing <laughs> right, is he shows up and he's like, oh, I'm about to beat a man to death. And Raph almost beat his brother to death. And they have a little adventure. And that's the thing. But, like, I mean, you have uh, knives. You beat people to death? I beat people to death. Oh, we're besties. Oh. I mean, you have knives and he has a bat. And I know, realistically, like, those represent equal levels of threats. But yeah, you gotta put more work in. You one. know, you gotta put more work in the one, right? <laughs> one of those easy modes. Yeah, yeah, it's just weird. <laughs> and if, if I don't know if you ever watched that, like before the uh, uh, Michael Bay uh, Turtle movies and after the live action ones, they did like an animated one. Which yeah, did you ever see that one? Yeah, it's real good. Do you remember the whole thing? They were like, they were giving him shit about. Like, being the guy in the armor, like, like, you can't do this, Raph. Why? What? <laughs> they were treating him like what, he was- Where's the, the rule? Like, they were treating him like he was the Punisher. And it's like, why? To what end? Like, what is it? <laughs> it's the same shit. I he just... carries knives. <laughs> it's like, <laughs> that was a weird thing they were trying to do. When they were like, don't, no, Raph, you're going too far. Where am I going? Where is this too far? <laughs> <laughs> I'm- st- well, bear in mind, this movie also featured... what What's Michelangelo doing with his time? He's running a pizza business. That makes completely sense, doesn't it? Which, you know... Yeah. Uh, no, it doesn't. You don't, go, you don't get into your own supply. And <laughs> Michelangelo would have restraint around pizza? No. No, violation of the character. On the other hand, it also had Karai, who is one of the coolest things that that series has. So, yeah. Yeah. But no, that whole thing of what is too far is really weird and vague in that space. <laughs> I don't. I can. They could have come up with any dumbass reason for that Wrath and Leo to fight because they do that constantly. But the fact that we're supposed to take the the whole was it Night Guardsman that he was being as like, oh no, it's such a terrible thing. Wrath is losing it. Where he seems to have the same it that he always had. Yep, yep, yep. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's that's one of the problems when you're trying to do a really big narrative in a very small space like that. Yeah. You're going to have a character... You're going to have stuff where characters have to tell you stuff is happening, even though they definitely, definitely can't show it. Mm-hmm. Like, oh no, Raph's going too far. Why? He's going out and fighting crime. That's what 
That, you're, that you're, that's <laughs> all you do. Stop being a vigilante, Rev. Come back to the family of vigilantes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Though I think I think that that movie in particular was trying to say we're all going to settle down. We're all going to like get jobs. <laughs> Have you met Raph? <laughs> Raph? Raph is the guy who tells the bouncer to check again after the fight. <laughs> oh man. So yeah. So, yeah, the Vigilante gives you a lot of options in storytelling. They get to do a lot of cool stuff, but you got to use them sparingly. Otherwise, they become really, really annoying and boring and dumb, and we hate them, and let's throw rocks at them. Yeah, I ain't going to throw rocks at this niggas. They got guns. <laughs> Good point. <laughs> you throw rocks at this niggas. Get shot. <laughs> well, there aren't any guns here. <laughs> yeah, okay. <laughs> so that was from the rooftops. <sighs> A podcast about superheroes. And not about guns. That was Clay. <laughs> yeah, definitely, definitely not about gun laws in the United States. Uh, that was Clay. <laughs> that was Tyler. All right. Thanks very much for tuning in. We'll see you next time. <laughs>